Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Wherever you are listening from, we are glad that you have joined us. Please follow us on Instagram at Sean Gaby and at Supernatural Leadership Podcast and or visit kingdomculture.ca or seangaby.com for more engaging content around topics we will be discussing. As well, you would love it if you would leave a review on this podcast as it helps boost our ability to get this content out to more people. If you are new with us today, just want to inform you that we will be releasing a new episode on the first Wednesday of every month and every so often a bonus episode. So make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can keep up to date with every episode. There are so many great leadership podcasts out there and truthfully, I love so many of them. So why supernatural leadership? Really, it's the difference between presence and principle as we discuss in episode one. The very first episode of this podcast really sets the tone for the why and purpose for this podcast. I would encourage you to have a listen if you haven't already. Simply put, we believe everyone has a leader within them at some capacity. Whether you're a CEO, non-for-profit director, media mogul, church leader, pastor, small business owner, manager of teams, a dad, a mom, and well, the list could go on. If everyone has a leader within them, why not make that leader a little more supernatural? That's the heart and goal behind this podcast, helping you connect your natural with God's super, making your leadership a little more supernatural. At the end of every episode, there will be practical activations and exercises to help us grow and mature in the various areas discussed. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome again to another Supernatural Leadership Podcast episode. Thank you so much for stopping by. My name is Sean Gaby. I am your host and I'm so thankful that you are a part of this Supernatural Leadership family. Please rate, subscribe, write a review on this podcast. It helps get these episodes out to more people. And as you've heard, we're doing things a little bit differently in this season. We're adding a lot more engaging content when it comes to interviews with very powerful and influential leaders that are really changing the world. And so today, for today's episode, we have another amazing opportunity. And it's not just one, it's not just two, but it's three people that I'm having a conversation with today. So this is gonna be a good one. Buckle up your seatbelts, take out your notepads, take some notes because I believe uh, conversations like this are game changers for your leadership and for your life in general. We all know this, a healthy life is also healthy leadership. So that's what we're talking about today. What does it mean to get healthier in our leadership? now? If you've been tracking with us for some time, you would have remembered way back, probably about almost a year ago, uh, maybe a little less than that, I, uh, I shared a short segment of an interview talk that I did with my Michelle and I's personal marriage counselor, Dr. Glenn Hill. That was a powerful conversation and we showed you a little bit of a clip and we kind of uh, highlighted it a little bit. And so you, if you were listening back then, you would have remembered just to give you a little bit of a, a touch up on who Dr. Glenn Hill is. He's been married or working with marriages for over 30 years, a master's in marriage and family therapy. He's got a PhD in clinical sexology. I feel so blessed that I know a PhD in clinical sexology. Never met one of those before. He's an author and songwriter, married for 38 years, four children and 10 grandchildren. Now, like I said, not only do we have him today, but we have Phyllis, his wife, who is an incredible, incredible leader. And uh, we've had the opportunity, Michelle and I, not only for the last really now over two years uh, to see Dr. Glenn, but now also with his wife, Phyllis. And it has been a game changer for Michelle and I's marriage, for our life, for our leadership and our parenting. And so Phyllis is with us today. She's an entrepreneur and business leader for over 20 years and she recently sold her business that she launched in 2020. Uh, she's now also the CEO of Connection Codes, which you'll, you'll be hearing more about today, public speaker and leader. And we have one of their bloodline. We have one of their daughters, Echo. Echo, she's a homeschool mother of five, 
writer, connection codes, coach, public speaker, and she's been married for 18 years. So welcome to all three of you, Dr. Glenn, Phyllis, Echo. How are you doing? Hello, hello. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So good to, to see you and good to meet you, Echo, for the first time. I, you know, the, the Bible actually says that wisdom is justified by her children. So I'm looking to you today, Echo, to, to show and demonstrate the wisdom of your parents and all that they've invested in you over the years. And so, you know, as I said, we're talking about healthy leadership today. And this is, I got to say this at the forefront for all those listeners out there. This is always a little bit vulnerable for me because I'm talking to two people two out of these three that know everything about Michelle and I's life. I'm talking about like everything. As I said, he's a clinical PhD in sexology. So I'm talking about, they know everything and uh, my successes, my failures, my horrible character flaws. It's almost like marriage, you know, they just know everything about everything. And so, but I feel so thankful to know these two individuals. And I'm hoping today that we're going to be able to grab a hold of some amazing substance. Now, guys, we're talking about your new book. Tell us about your new book that you just launched on Amazon called The Connection Codes. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, this is about uh, the culmination of about 30 years of research and experience and education, academics, et cetera. Uh, we've been actively working on the book for a little over three and a half years. And this is the essence of what we have gleaned, uh, certainly in our own relationship, but as we have sat with many thousands of people, uh, just the human condition. And that was our dream was not to come up with a theory, a philosophy, a new idea that we thought of one weekend sitting around a campfire, but that this is actually just scientifically the human condition. And the reason that's so significant is because it applies to all of us. This is not just a particular personality type. Oh, well, if you just happen to be this type of person, no, this is for all humans. And we're just so excited because it is so applicable for anybody and everybody. You know, Glenn has been teaching this in his private practice for years. Mm. But what's so incredible with the book, which Echo also has a big part of the book and myself, is that now it is for the world. Mm. You know, it's not limited to people who can afford to do his private practice and that kind of therapy, but that they can actually get all of these concepts through the book. And for the past year, because of the pandemic, we have done webinars but even that people, you know, due to time or finances are a little more reluctant to do perhaps a webinar, but the book can be shared and it, it can just go everywhere. So we are so excited for this piece of it that we've been working on for so long. And it is added stories and different perspectives um, from all three of us. And so that's really exciting as well. Well, and the effect that it's had on my life was actually unexpected. They pulled me in several years ago to help write the book and to help write some of the material, um, but just as the as the writer. So I come in expecting for it to be this simple process. I'm just going to put some words down on paper for him or help him put some words down on paper. And within a very short amount of time, probably several weeks, um, I was completely blown away and I kept having epiphany after epiphany and aha moment after aha moment where we're sitting together working on this project working on the book working on the written material for the workshops that he was developing and i just kept having these moments of dad this is so powerful this is so important and he you know on some level knew that because he'd been teaching this to his clients and seeing how effective it was and how significant for his clients, but I don't think he had a vision yet at that point of how this actually changes everything. This changes all relationship. This changes mental health to its very core. I think for him, because he's a marriage therapist, uh, primarily, he really still kind of had it in his mind that, well, I want to help marriages. This information will help marriages. And it does help marriages because I've seen it work. And the more he and I talked and the more he and I worked on these projects, the more I was convinced or helped maybe convince him that, dad, this is not marriage material. This is human material. This is for wow. everyone. Wow. And it has just kind of exploded from there. It's grown from there and become just an incredibly powerful force for mm -hmm. all of our family and friends and mm -hmm. his clients and the people that have taken the workshops. It's okay. just unbelievable how it it slows you down and you kind of rethink everything. Wow. And then things that have never quite worked start working. 
and you start processing your pain in a completely different way and connecting in a completely different way. And it's just been astonishing and very unexpected. That's amazing. You know, I love that because you kind of mentioned that you said humans, like humans need this, not just marriages, but humans in general. And just knowing what I've know and learning what I've learned from, you know, Dr. Glenn and Phyllis over the last several years now, uh, I've realized that more and more, like this is applied to every area of our life in any relational connection. And I want to just read a little bit of a caption from the back of your book, just to give the listeners out there uh, a little bit of a framework for where we're going today and what we're talking about when it comes to this new Connection Codes book. The Connection Codes has the blueprint and tools for deep relational connection. Humans are hardwired to live in connection, to live in community. Unfortunately, most of us have gotten knocked off that original design. We've been reprogrammed and we need help getting it reestablished. Now, I love this last part. Fortunately, this is not a new language you must learn. It is the language of your birth that you need to re learn. It's so powerful because I think the majority of our life feels as though in our mind, we're learning something new, mm -hmm. but actually the majority of our life is spent relearning to come back to why and how we were originally created and designed. And you kind of, you say that, I mean, the whole core and the baseline, correct me if I'm wrong of your book and connecting is based around this idea called the core emotion wheel. Now, if you were, if any listeners out there were listening to the last time I did a, uh, a talk with Dr. Glenn Hill, you would have heard this, you know, you have these, you have the eight core emotions, guilt, sad, hurt, anger, lonely, shame, fear, and at the center of all of it, joy. Did I miss anything? Or was I good? Checkmark? I lost count, but yeah, that's probably close. Okay. <laughs> so, so this is really like the, the baseline of your book. Now, I want to dive in uh, real quick here on just the journey. How many years did it take to not, not just apply, start to apply this stuff, but to actually develop the confidence in the application or in the study or in the understanding of the importance of what I just mentioned? Well, I'm 59, so it's taken me 59 years so far, Wow! but I'm getting better at it. I really am. <laughs> it, it's, I mean, that's very difficult to answer just because, first of all, every human is unique. So you just, there's so many variables that make a human, you know, how they are and how they function. Uh, but one of the things that was important to us in designing the Connection Codes tools was that it had effect immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, most therapy, uh, the, the idea is that you're doing this for probably six months or so, and then you hopefully will feel some sort of effect or get some traction. Our goal literally is within an hour, within 20 minutes, we want to see a, a shift. That doesn't mean that you'll arrive or that everything will live happily ever after, but that it has an effect immediately. Uh, mm -hmm. Our whole premise is, again, based on the human condition, we're born for connection. We are born for teamship, for community. This is how we're hardwired. Humans can't survive without it. A baby, a human baby is the slowest, by far the slowest developing uh, to, to be able to uh, be functional. So we're set up this way. There are species that function on their own. We are not one of them. We are designed for this. This is why we say it's the language of your birth. And uh, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but we know that emotion is how humans connect in relationship. And most of us think of this and have for a long time. And really it's been many centuries that this has been uh, proliferated and, and talked uh, or presented very poorly. So people get knocked off course. And so the message they grow up with is to not have emotion. Well, emotion is the very thing that connects us as humans. So now the exact thing that would actually set us up for more strength, more power, more connection has been uh, set aside, pushed aside, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we're just trying to get people back to their original coding, we call it, uh, their original hardwiring. And when they do that, when they get to their authentic self, they connect to people and then they're far more powerful. So, so how crucial do you think in a time like this, we're all living in and Depends on where you live in the world, though. Like the pandemic is still affecting so much of the world, you know, on our psyche, mentally, physically, on so many levels. I know, Phyllis, you, you mentioned a stat recently or a study that, that came out about anxiety. Just talk a little bit about that, because I think that this is a, a timely book and a timely launch. Like 
if there was ever a time we need to be emotionally healthy, mm-hmm. it's in a time like this. Well, it is, it is interesting, the timing, because when the book was started three and a half years ago, actually getting down on paper, of course, the world had no idea what was coming in 2020. Mm-hmm. So it is pretty amazing. And we really sped up as much as we could last year to get this book finished because of the the topic and the fact that, you know, we are experiencing maybe emotions for the first time that we are aware of that are so heightened. And I think that there's really no telling what's going to be the aftermath mm-hmm. of the pandemic as far as on, on humans' emotional state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the studies that are coming out right now are reflecting children. And I think that we wow. are at a heightened concern mm-hmm. of what is happening to our children mm-hmm. because it's been so long. I think if it had only been two weeks, a lot of children would have been oblivious mm-hmm. and not been aware and almost enjoyed the break. Mm-hmm. Now, what uh, age category been... are we talking about when you say children? Well, I mean, at this point, I would say it's affecting children of all ages, not just young children. Yeah. The anxiety level among teenagers and young children has skyrocketed, and it is a it's a disbelief in what the future holds. Mm. It's not there is at this point, I think, for many teenagers and younger, a, a, a fear that life will never be safe again. Mm. There's a fear of a lack of safety, mm. and you know it is a. I think for us as the adults, we are all suffering as well. But there is a responsibility that we carry, that we have to figure out how to process our own emotions so we can teach mm-hmm. and be aware of the children all around us. Whether you have children or not is not even the point because we are surrounded by children and we need to pay attention. Whether we are leaders of any type, we are going to encounter children and to be aware, but it has to start from ourselves. If we don't understand, mm-hmm. and we even all the adults that we're in surrounded with, if they don't understand, then it's almost impossible to teach to children how to uh, get them to process their emotion. And the beauty of it that we see, and maybe Echo could speak to that, is that children get this stuff far easier than we do. So if we can get the tools to them, they will handle this much better than the adults who will still have to go through so much more to get there. Now, just before Echo speaks, I'm gonna, I want to go there with you, Echo, for a second. Um, just thinking about this, children are really the future of our mm-hmm. leadership. And we're talking about like healthy, supernatural leaders and not just about gifted leaders, but about healthy, healthy in their character, healthy in their mental state, emotional state on all fronts, really. And if the children are the future, mm-hmm. how like really, I mean, it's it's so vital that we get a hold of this stuff, especially from your book, because like I said in the beginning, like this doesn't just affect marriages, this affects your parenting. This has radically revolutionized Michelle and I's parenting. We have four kids all under the age of 11. And this has radically affected our parenting and how we connect with our kids. And I still like, I feel like I fail at it all the time. Still, I still like, I don't ooh enough. It's like, I don't necessarily do it hundred percent flawless, but I do it. And my youngest actually, who's four years old, seems to naturally do it the easiest. And I don't know if it's because we've just started doing it with her so young, but she seems to just do it. She'll actually say, I feel sad. Instead of reacting or instead of lashing out, she'll often actually vocalize it as a four-year-old. I feel sad because of this, 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 this. And so powerful for me. And I'm thinking, man, she's like, she's growing up now as a four-year-old into this culture. Now, this connects to what I want to ask you, Echo. And unless you want to, you can add something to this as well. I just want to say, like, and ask you the question, like, how, wh- at what point in your journey did you begin adopting this understanding of expressing your emotion for the purpose of connection using the eight core emotions, you know, your, you know, at what, at what point in your journey in your life did you start adopting and doing this practically actually living this out? Well, we began, I began writing with dad, this material, um, it was about four and a half years ago that we, or maybe five that we initially started any of these projects. And I, it was very quickly, um, again, like immediately began having aha moments and began reprocessing the information that I had heard from my culture my whole life. 
And so that was wild and, and in some ways overwhelming, but also very, very encouraging and inspiring and gave me so much hope. And I would say it was within probably a few weeks that I started trying some of these tools with my kids. And I noticed I have one who's a highly sensitive, highly emotional. Um, I kind of say that it takes more energy to interact with him than with all my other four combined. He just, he lives life big and loud and he feels deeply. And I haven't always known how to respond to that. And so within a few weeks of learning these tools, I began trying them specifically on him. And of course had some skepticism and some reserve, just, this is just new. This is not like anything I've ever heard before or ever tried before. And the, my, the very first time I remember ooing him, it was an instant shocking difference with the way that we interacted. And I think I either called dad or maybe even came over to his house to say, oh my word, I have never, my kid, I don't know, he was maybe five at the wow. time, four at the time, had never once had that kind of interaction with him in the, the wow. four or five years that he'd been alive. And again, he's highly sensitive. So he feels constantly, you know, his his emotions run deep and he feels them very strongly about things that would never even cross most people's minds. Mm -hmm. And so it was just an all day, every day event with him. And the very first time using the ooh with him, it was so shocking and so effective that I told oh. dad probably immediately. And then I was pretty much sold. Because wow. when you have an experience like that, after living year after year after year, just exhausted because you don't know how to connect with your kid and you don't know how to help your kid, mm -hmm. That changes you forever. That that changed my perspective forever. And I would say every wow. year since then, I've just been more convinced and had a deeper understanding. The more experiences I have around this stuff and the more I research it on my own or the more conversations we have about it, the more deeply convicted and deeply convinced I am that it just makes so much sense and it works. It wow. works with the way we are designed. It works with our DNA. Wow. There is nothing more effective than these than these tools for not just for our connections, but also for our own mental health. It all goes hand in hand. Now I got to ask you, cause I, you know, learning this over the last several years, um, I've realized like applying it in context with my kids and other people, it's a lot easier for me when it comes to me applying it for me. It's because I've had a lot more time to not do that. Whereas my kids are a lot younger. So they're still in the sponge phase where they're absorbing and they're observing and they're, they're learning to, to be, just be open to this without even batting an eye at it, without even questioning it. Just, they just do it. Whereas for me, it's been a little bit more challenging. I gotta, I gotta ask you a risky question here, Echo, for a second. So this is four and a half years ago. You're just being introduced to the language, you know, Dr. Glenn mentioned that it's a, like a 59 years worth of reprogramming. And I know at some point along that journey, he began to develop the language around it. Cause it's one thing to have like what I call an impartation. You have like the deposit, you know, what's in you, what you're destined for, what you're purposed for, but then you got to develop the language around being able to communicate what's in you. And so I'm assuming, I don't know at what point Dr. Glenn began to develop the language, but four and a half years ago, you begin to come into this and you begin to apply it with your own kids. I got to ask you the risky question. What was it like applying it with the marriage counselors, your parents? Like, how did you, what was the journey like for you? Cause it's got to come from you as well, right? Before it can really grow strong with your kids because you're the model. And I realized this, right? So I got to keep doing it. I, with my own parents, I'm like, it's like still a little bit not totally normal, right? I don't have marriage counseling parents, so it's different. But I want to know what what was your what was your journey like? Just give me a little bit of a taste, like an appetizer of what it was like when you first adopted this in your own family with your parents. Well, I think our situation is unique. The fact that I'm a writer and that I got pulled into the project, I think is a very different interaction than if we were just living the normal day-to-day -day life of, you know, you see each other on the weekend or you have holidays together, you know, most families, they, well, they might see each other rarely on holidays once a year or possibly on the weekends. But because I was working with him day after day after day, many, many hours a week, um, it was a very intensive introduction to it. 
And it actually reminded me that he's been kind of making references to these ideas for years. But when you only hear it occasionally or in the midst of other conversation, it just doesn't necessarily connect. You're kind of like, I don't really know what you're saying. That doesn't fit with everything I've ever heard on TV or at school or at church. Like, I just don't get what you're saying. And you don't necessarily think to dive into it. So I think the only reason it had such a powerful effect on me and was so transformative was because we were sitting side by side, writing these concepts down and even the process of writing. To be able to write something, you have to process it through your own brain. 100%. You have to kind of make it your own a little bit to then be able to re-communicate it or to be able to communicate it. So I processed it very deeply, very quickly, very intensively. And I don't know. I, I don't know how it would have processed otherwise if he had just continued to try to convey some of it through our regular day-to-day interactions. Um, wow. It did not click for me until the, that experience, until the sitting side by side, day after hour, after week, after month, working on these projects, that it it transformed my entire understanding of how humans function, how relationship functions. And I don't know. I don't know what that would have looked like if I were not a writer and if I had not been asked to work on this project with him. That's amazing. You know, I for those of you that are listening, we're we're talking about really the the once again the premise of processing the guilt, the sadness, the hurt, the anger, the loneliness, the shame, the fear, and the joy in our life for the purpose of connection with others. What was it like for Dr. Glenn, you, Phyllis, like when your daughter started to apply this stuff and your kids, like, did you feel like all of a sudden a spike in connection? Like, I'm just, I'm so curious when it comes down to like the family unit here applying this stuff, like, did it, did it radically change the game overnight or is it like, this slow progress because some people are slow adopters right i'm assuming one out of your four kids might have been a slower adopter of this because maybe emotionally it's not so easy I'm just assuming what like what was it like did you feel like it was a radical spike in change well for me and i remember when echo called me that first day and she'd had an interaction with her son which again just her testimony she said that i just had a interaction with with my son that took about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. I've never had an interaction with him like that before that took less than an hour and a half. Wow. And she was just mesmerized. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had been, this had been gelling for me for a bit. So it made sense to me. I was like, well, yeah. And she's like, wait, what? No, this can't be this simple. This can't be this easy. Uh, and we always say it's not necessarily easy, but it is simple. It's just the application uh, of it. But I see that so much. And, and this is one of the reasons that that I'm so passionate, that Phyllis and I are so passionate about the connection goes because we have lived it. The first 10 years of our marriage was just crap. Uh, I think the right <laughs> word to use. It was just so much disconnection, so much pain every day. I mean, day after week, after month, after year, after year, after year. And the second 10 years, we started getting some traction, but certainly was pre-connection codes. And so getting to live while we live now blows our minds literally every day. We, we, to this day, we still look at each other. We'll have a 30 second interaction where we process something through and we look at each other like, really? That, that, that was like it. That, that's how this works. And again, we're the founders of the connection goes, but we're more mesmerized than anybody on the planet that this is actually real. This is true. And if you said it to me 30 years ago, I probably would have punched you. I wouldn't have punched you, Sean, because you're a really big guy, but somebody else I'm going to punch. Because I would not have believed it was possible. Wow. But getting to live what we live now, we're real, literally just uh, enthralled with it every day. Well, you guys I are would... like, you guys are so inspiring. I mean, like, I always say this to people that I, I meet, like, you have the most inspiring relationship on, on like, multiple levels. Like, there's couples that I, I know that have, are inspiring on some levels. But you, you guys really like exemplify the balance of all levels from sexual health, mental health, emotional health, connection on all fronts. And so like anybody who's listening to this, like, and, and those of you that are listening that don't know Dr. Glenn and Phyllis, like, honestly, when I met with Dr. Glenn, the beginning was just him and I, and my wife, he would talk about his connection with his wife. And it was one thing to hear it from him without ever meeting Phyllis. And then when we met Phyllis, 
and she would literally say the same thing. It was like, holy cow, this relationship is like second to none. And so this is why you need to get this book, this material. I know we can't cover all of the incredible substance in this book in, you know, 45 to an hour conversation. But this is why, like, like the proof is in the pudding of their relationship. Take it, please take it from me. They are one of the most inspiring couples on all these fronts. And so I want to be like you guys when I grow up. <laughs> That's how we say to people. We didn't win the lottery. We didn't flip a <laughs> coin. It came up ahead. So we, we won. We're just pilgrims, just like anybody else. We just happen to know now. Again, it's just based on science. It's just based on the human condition. We know now how to connect. Which again, if you'd said it to me 30 years ago, I wouldn't, first of all, I wouldn't have had any idea what you're talking about. Second of all, I wouldn't have believed you. Mm -hmm. And that's again, why we're so passionate about this because we live it. We've mm -hmm. seen so many other people get to transition, transform and live it. And the power that that has mm -hmm. in their life, you're talking about the marketplace, we're so much more powerful when we're connected, you know, in our businesses. Uh, and that was actually the, the third uh, step. You know, this grew out of marriage therapy uh, and it was actually couples started emailing us, telling us they had used it with their children. And we were like, oh, my gosh, don't do that. That's are you crazy? And uh, we assumed there was a lawsuit coming. And people were like, no, it's changed everything. The whole atmosphere mm -hmm. in our home literally in a day has, has just mm -hmm. revolutionized. We're like, oh, OK. And then business leaders started telling us they were using it with their companies. And again, we were like, what? No, don't do that. That's, that's a horrible idea. But then finally, and Phyllis is the one that figures <laughs> everything out. Uh, I'm the educated one, but she figures out the actual application of things. And she said, oh, all of these scenarios, the thing they have in common is humans. This wow. works with humans. It's not a marriage thing. It's a relationship thing. It's a human connection thing. So it applies with children and businesses, with churches, with schools, mm -hmm. uh, even in prisons, it's being used. So it just works because it involves humans. Now, I want to go to Phyllis for a second on that, because that's very good. I feel like this is a bridge to something very important this whole episode talking about healthy leaders impacting the marketplace. Phyllis, you were in business, started your own business, 20 years, successful, sold it for $1.5 billion in 2020. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but you, you sold it. Now you're the CEO of Connection Codes. You're running that ship now. Dr. Glenn always says about you that you get 200 hours out of a 24-hour day. <laughs> Obviously, you're very productive. You're motivated. You're driven you know, class A type personality business leader. How did you see the connection code premise? So the contents of this book applied in your business, in your leadership, change your business. Talk about what it did to your business. At what point in the journey did you begin applying it to your business? I know, I think it was Phyllis or Dr. Glenn recently said a, a quote or a, a stat about some of the wealthiest leaders out there or, or, or couples out there are the most emotionally connected. So talk about that a little bit. How did this, the contents of this book we're talking about today impact your role in the marketplace? Well, again, knowing or not knowing all the details of the book, you know, it's about how to interact with humans. So every business, no matter what you are in the business with, it's a business of humans. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I used to tell my management group that uh, because I would remind them, you know, we're really in the people business and no matter what your product is, no matter what your service industry is, it's all about people. Mm -hmm. And if you are able to hear people and, mm -hmm. and what we call follow their energy, don't resist them. Don't argue with people and give them space. It, mm -hmm. it changes everything. And I think on a practical way, you know, with all of my employees to be able to always have that listening ear, mm -hmm. but being able to listen in a way that is verbally affirming without long, long conversations, because for me, it was all about productivity. So it was a, I want to show up for you and I want to hear you, but I'm not, we can't stop our whole pro product day, our whole productive day. And so it's, it's these tools that go, okay, these are super practical ways to hear people and to, to let them know you hear them and you have that really positive interaction without it derailing you for the whole day. And also, you know, there's oftentimes that you have to be a problem solver. So these give you tools to be a problem solver without with realizing that 
people don't necessarily want your advice or you don't have to fix people. You just have to make space to hear them and they have to feel heard. And so those were some of the ways that just changed things incredibly with my clients and with my employees, where it was a matter of showing up. People felt that I really uh, was there and I heard them and I cared about what they had to say. At, at the end of the day, I many times did not make the decision based on what they said, but I always heard what they had to say. And I think for a lot of business owners, there's a lot of confusion in that, almost mm -hmm. like a separation in any kind of leadership. I mean, yeah. I think about it, even in a, in a church leadership or a community leadership, mm -hmm. we get exhausted because we think that we have to fix people mm -hmm. instead of realizing, no, you really just have to show up for people and give them space to be heard mm -hmm. and, and to follow that. And that was huge for me because I, you know, when you have a lot of people that are counting on you in a business role and you think you have to fix all of their problems, you go to bed at night exhausted mm -hmm. because you can't fix all of their problems. Mm -hmm. But when you give them that listening ear, that space to be heard, it's incredible. And so a lot of the tools that Glenn, uh, as he was develop developing them and sharing them with me and we would talk about them, I would just take them and start applying them to all the people that were in my life and it, it worked so well and all, and it was, I was, I had community leadership roles as well. So it wasn't just in my business. It was also in the community that it was like, wow. And people would always say, how can you get so many people to do what you need them to do? And I knew that it was in the, the kind of leader that I was, and it was by applying all these tools and that people felt very loved and very heard and appreciated. Wow. And that's huge. That's a really huge part do, of leadership. Do you have like an example of something that took place in, you know, a management setting, you know, manager to staff setting or any, any, any example where maybe it was a turning point where you actually saw the win, the evidence of the, these tools that we're talking about in this book that we're kind of vaguely talking about in this book applied. Is there like a, sto a story that stands out to you that, was a pivotal turning point for you in your business when you started applying this stuff? Well, I think that part of it is it's really a personal because in applying these tools, it it allowed it gave me more energy for myself. Mm. Because wow. when I realized I'm not here to fix all of these people, I'm here to hear them and to give them space to be heard, it relieved me of an incredible pressure. And, and so then when I was able, and, you know, Glenn even would comment, he would go, whoa, you listen to so much stuff mm -hmm. every day. And, and it wouldn't burden me mm -hmm. because I'm like, yeah, because I'm not carrying it. I am able to show up for them and they feel so validated and so loved and heard, mm -hmm. but I'm not taking it on as my own problem. I learned the power in that. And so it gave me then the energy I needed to keep growing the business and to keep just being a happy human, you know, because I wasn't taking on all of their stuff. There was, you know, I think often we burn out in business, in leadership, in a, in a church, leadership in a group, because we take on all of their problems, people's mm -hmm. humans problems, the people that are all around us, instead of realizing, no, we're not, we're not built for that. We're not meant for that. We are here to show up for each other. Yeah, and I remember uh, Phyllis was one of my um, case studies, her and her business uh, for many years. And I would hear, and she's amazing at management, has been her whole life. That's one of the reasons she's so productive. But I could remember hearing her in conversations on the phone and she would, what we now recognize is resist people's energy. She mm -hmm. would try to explain things to them. And so I just observed this and anytime she got off the phone, I'd ask her, say, oh, how'd that go? She go, oh, well, I didn't go that well. You know, we didn't get anywhere. And so over time and collaborating on this, we again developed the phrase, follow the energy. And one person in particular, we'll call her Susan. So Susan hated doing vacation rental home claims. And every time she would talk to Phyllis, she would complain about it and say, we should, you know, fire all those clients. And, and Phyllis would always go, what? No, we can't do that. And she would resist Susan's energy. And so finally, Phyllis decided to follow Susan's energy and just go, oh, wow, yeah. So 
So what all happens for you there? And she's just recognizing Susan's pain point. Mm -hmm. It's just a pain point. I mean, this is just what's happening with Susan and she can disregard Susan's experience or she can regard her experience, just be present with her. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing to me to watch over time. And this went on for years as Phyllis learned to follow her energy Susan was able to just process it through it faster and faster. And, so, and it would get down to like two minutes mm -hmm. that Susan would gripe and complain about it and talk about how much she hated it and the pain point of it. Phyllis would go, yeah, yeah, I get that. And Phyllis never changed what she was doing, mm -hmm. but then Susan felt heard. Mm -hmm. She you know, felt Phyllis's presence, uh, what we call the ooh, Phyllis would be able to ooh her. And literally two minutes later, it was a completely changed environment and mm -hmm. Susan realized that, oh, well, this is the nature of business. Yes, there are pain points and it. it's called work for a reason because it's like work. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what generates the revenue. And if we fire all of our clients, we don't have any work anymore. We don't have any revenue. And then everybody's in a, a tougher place. But just watching her specifically, that person who worked for her for many, many years and just how that changed the whole dynamic for them. That's amazing. You know, we're, we're kind of going here for a second. Um, you know, it's the difference between the expression of logistics and the expression of emotion for the purpose of connection, which I am amazing expressing logistics. Like this is what I learned, not only just actually as of recently relearning that I'm amazing at it, but sucking at the other part of it. In the beginning, when we first started seeing you, Dr. Glenn, I realized I thought that Michelle and I were like the most amazing communicators. Like we communicate everything that's on our heart. But I realized we were communicating, like we were verbalizing, but we weren't connecting emotionally in our communication. And I didn't realize that, which is the whole premise of deception. You don't know you're deceived. <laughs> That's why you're deceived. You don't, if you knew you were deceived, you wouldn't be deceived, right? And so it's like, we were blind to the fact that we were, yeah, we were great communicators, but horrible at emotional connection within the communication because we were communicating, or at least me, I won't speak for her, logistics. Like, this is why this is this, 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 this happened, this happened. You did like logistics, logistics. And you always said this in the beginning to us all the time. You can win the court case and then lose the relationship. And how many leaders out there, how many couples out there, how many friends out there of other friends have lost the relationship, but won all their court cases by bringing the evidence of why somebody you know, should be, you know, have the consequence of this or have a consequence of that because they did this and they did that and they deserve this. Like how many relationships, how many businesses have failed? How many churches, ministries, um, in any, any sector of society have crumbled in division and discord because of a lack of emotionally connecting in the communication. People aren't hearing each other. You know, you always say this, this will win, help us win wars. And I think there's so much truth because we live in a constant state of war right now, in a sense, not talking about physical war, shooting each other in a sense, but you know what I mean? Like we're, we're, we're everybody's at war with everybody right now. Look, just look at social media. It's bananas right now. We need these tools more than ever. Can you just touch on that a little bit as we kind of shift to the sort of the last part? I want to talk about some of your successes and failures in applying some of this stuff as we close out and give some practical keys, but just kind of talk about what I just mentioned a little bit, like expand on that a little bit. Uh, well, you mentioned earlier, just as far as um, people becoming wealthier when they're connected, despite Melinda and Bill Gates and the Bezos, I get that. Those are specific <laughs> and distinct. You know what? Scenarios. The Bezos are wealthy because of you, because you always said, go buy a box of ooze on Amazon. You've been, you've been feeding the Amazon, <laughs> the beast for a while now. <laughs> I'll take credit for that too. Um, but the, the, we have so much research on this now. The data points are pretty, um, pretty astonishing that uh, productivity just increases. The vast majority of people, a lot of the research uh, indicated that people didn't get into gear in the workplace until about 11, 11, 15 uh, every day. Well, that's wow. a good portion of the day is already gone. They're not even on wow. play yet. But the reason is they left their home disconnected from their family. They disconnected wow. from And so what's on their mind? Well, each of us is only one being, one spirit, one essence. So I can't be at odds with Phyllis, get to the workplace and then flip a oh switch. There's no such thing. So this yeah. is just churning within me. And I'm like, wow, she was so mean to me. I was mean back to her, but it's her fault. And you know, so I'm going through this for 
two and a half hours. And so, and then I'm starting to feel like, oh my gosh, it's 10 30. I haven't even gotten in gear yet. You know, and then I get hit with lots of other emotions because, oh my word, I've got to get this project done today. I'm behind. So then the fear kicks in. And so I'm operating at, I mean, literally a 35% efficiency rate. And the research has accumulated so much wow. that uh, productivity, efficiency, which ends up equaling profit margin, increases drastically. I read one business report said their productivity increased 67% uh, whenever they were able to get their people to process emotions to, uh, to be uh, connected and not only connected in their home, which is crucial, but also in the workplace where they've got this funky feeling about this individual and they just don't want to work with that person. Uh, and now they're able to collaborate, they're able to partner uh, just so much more effectively. Uh, and it just makes a big difference. And we're just talking literally the minute to minute, the, the, the hour to hour, not just this big ethereal idea, uh, you know, theoretical, but it actually makes a big difference. Whenever John is able to get along with Carol and they collaborate in the work, there's just so much more powerful, uh, effective wow. and productive together. That's powerful. Go ahead, Phil, you know, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say that, you know, the, the book is full of practical tools, mm. not just talking about studies or statistics or theories. And, uh, you know, one of the tools that we teach is why versus what happens. Mm. And why is for us as humans in our language, we constantly ask each other, why did mm. you do that? Why did you say mm. that? Why are you late? And what we don't realize is it puts people on defensive. Mm -hmm. And one of the connection codes pro protocols, why is in science. It's completely great to ask, why mm -hmm. is the moon so bright? Mm -hmm. In science, it's wonderful, but not in relationships. Mm -hmm. And to just change that one thing, take why out of your relationship mm -hmm. lingo and put in what happens for you there. And we actually got a, a, a text message late last night, and it was from a pastor. Mm -hmm. And he shared with us a text thread that he had had mm -hmm. with someone, and it was pretty scathing. The mm -hmm. person was mm -hmm. really unkind mm -hmm. to him in this text message. And in in the old days, he would have responded fairly mm -hmm. defensively, kind of like, "Why? How? Who are you? How dare you talk to me like that?" On and on, mm -hmm. you know. You would go, yeah. "Yeah, rightfully so." But instead, he said. In a text response, mm, I think I missed it. What happened wow. there? Wow. And he said it was the most incredible response. The person, it completely unarmed the other person. And they actually said what was going on deep in there. And I think that so often we miss it with each other because we Powerful. respond out of defensiveness so often. We feel we have the right to do that. Well, that's a court case. Sure. Mm -hmm. You have the right to defend yourself. Sure. Mm -hmm. But when you ask someone what happens and we love it, we see it with our grandchildren all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where there's so much power in that. If you walk into the playroom that has not been cleaned and you go, why did y'all not clean the playroom? They all freeze and look like they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. But if you walk in and you go, Hey guys, what happened here? Y'all were supposed to clean the playroom. They'll tell you the most amazing story and it's so connecting wow. and react so differently. And in relationship, we see this all the time. And so that's one of the practical tools that if you will implement in the next seven days of your life, just that one thing, take out why and put in what happens when you're interacting with people, it changes everything. And I even love the whole, I missed it because oftentimes we don't want to just say that little thing. Mm -hmm. I may have missed wow. it. Could you repeat that? Or I may have missed it. I think something's off here. Mm -hmm. It's like taking it on yourself instead of pointing the finger at the other person and kind of going, what's wrong with you? Why are you mm -hmm. talking to me like that? You know, it's such so a difference of, of communication. Mm -hmm. Wow. So an echo, you have, you have five kids. I don't know how old the oldest is, but you have five kids. I know as a, as a parent, it's almost programmed in our mind to ask the question why when they didn't do something they were supposed to do and i know now i realize when somebody asks me why i didn't do something it does affect me differently i didn't really realize it you know before that was just language i was just what i always that's how i communicated why didn't you do this right but now i realize the difference and the disconnect that happens every time that question is asked and even even in a relationship with god like god never asks the answers the question why he only answers the question, what are you doing in me? Okay, so it's happening. 
what are you doing in me? He never answers the question. Why? Well, I decided to do this because like he never answers the question. And so just like he never answers the question, we're asking our kids the same question and they're not going to give us the right answer because there's going to be a disconnect. So how have you just to piggyback on that last part? And then we're going to go into some practical stuff here. How did you, um, how did you start applying that? Like what kind of fruit have you seen by just changing your language on that? Well, all three, we kind of say that the what happens and the I miss it are an extension of the ooh. And the ooh is what has transformed mm. our connections and our relationships. Yeah, and, and the so, ooh, just so you, just people know, like the ooh is simply just a tool to not respond with, you know, uh, well, this happened because, or I did this because it's simply just to listen, hear, be present with the emotion of the individual. So when mm -hmm. people are wondering what's ooh, that's what the ooh is, right? Did I, did I say that right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's when someone shares something with you or says something in some, or just communicate something. And instead of a quick knee-jerk reaction to either to resist their energy, mm. so to either argue with them or to defend yourself or to ask them why, the ooh is just a way of holding space for their experience. Okay. It's a way of just witnessing them and regarding them and validating them and allowing them to exist, allowing them to exist without pushing them back down within themselves. So the, the what happens and the I missed it are just extensions of that. The what mm -hmm. happens, we, well, we say the why, why indicts and what happens invites. Wow, love that. Why indicts and what happens invites, love that. So you ask someone why and they are gonna panic internally. Mm -hmm. So they're gonna be flooded with some fear that, oh, why did I do that? It's kind of a judgment on their behavior or on their decision. So that's going to flood them with some fear, maybe some shame, and that's going to shut down their cognition. So mm -hmm. they may not have known why anyway, and now they certainly don't know why, mm -hmm. because now they're flooded with emotion. Mm -hmm. Versus what happens is much more of a, we're on the same team. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to witness your experience and regard your experience. And then it's that invitation to interaction, it's that inter mm -hmm. invitation to connection. Mm -hmm. So we use that, I use that every day now. That that may have taken a little time. Well, really the ooh itself took a little time because it is so ingrained in us. Mm. We are so quick to resist each other's energy. Mm. I'm still reprogramming parts of myself that respond that way to certain things. I've gotten really, really good at it in some ways. And then there's other ways where I catch myself and I have to go back and go, you know what, I missed that. Even like 30 seconds later. Wow. And I'll do it with... I find myself doing it, especially if my kids are being unkind to each other. Instead of following their energy to find out what's happening with the interaction, I jump to the defense of whoever is being what feels like bullied to me. You know, yeah. if the one kid is saying something unkind to the other, then I jump to that kid's defense. But in the process, I, I don't follow the energy of the kid that's emotional and activated and therefore saying something unkind. And so it ends up just escalating the situation further instead of connecting and processing the emotion or processing what just happened moments before so that everyone is reconnecting, so that everyone wow. is processing their emotion and reconnecting. So I still catch myself with that wow. specifically. I've, I've really shifted in a lot of other ways, but with that specifically, I have to really, I have to catch myself and slow down and then go, I missed it. Let's try that again. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. I was just going to mention that um, people can do their own research literally this week. They can do their own little case study. And what we observed in interactions is when people would say why, the other person would actually lean away from them. And this is why we came up with the, um, the, the uh, phrase that, you know, why is an accusation. So the person feels uh, accused, they feel attacked. Mm -hmm. And then you say to them, so what happens for you there? And the person literally would lean towards them and it was a physical pulling towards they go well see and they literally are leaning towards the other person and as we began noticing this and observing it more and more we're like oh my gosh that that's a total difference in the interaction it sounds and probably some people listening are like oh it doesn't matter it's no big deal okay. it's just one word uh i just encourage you i challenge you i beg you try it for a month never use the word why in interactions just as people so so what happens for you there there i feel like i'm missing something help me get it what happens for you and people will jump into connection 
with you. It's astonishing to watch. And again, this is just a simple tool. It's not, you don't have to go learn the periodic table uh, to do this. Just start asking people, oh, so what happened for you there? Help me get that. I felt like I might be missing something. And it invites them into themselves, into their own experience and into connection with you. That's amazing. I kind of see that in our relationship with God. Like, I feel like God is always asking the question, what is happening in us? But we don't realize that. And I think condemnation makes us feel the why question. Like, God, why did you do that? And God is is the furthest thing from that. But condemnation lies to us and tells us we're a horrible leader. And why did we do that? And why aren't we doing this? So why aren't we like this person better, better at this and, you know, look like this. But really, I feel like God as a loving dad is constantly to all of his leaders, to all of his, his crew out there, his children out there asking the question, I just want to know what's happening for you. Because in that process of telling me what's happening, you're coming to your own conclusions of victory, your own conclusions where you can start the process of healing. You're coming to your own awareness of your current state, your current condition. That's what a good counselor does, right? I mean, you guys are great at that. You you help the person come to their own awareness of what really is happening within them so that they can find the breakthrough that they need to find to become the healthier, more better, originally intended designed person that they're always created to be. So could we say that like, let's make the practical activation at the end of this episode, just give us, give us like a, I know you said fast, the why for, well, you didn't use the word fast, but like stop saying why for a month. Can we give a seven day, let's give a seven day practical activation with this why versus why, what can we do for the next seven days in our interactions? Just give us, give us something that we can like take away from this remember the why indicts and the what invites that's the premise of what we're talking about give us a little bit of an activation well i think that right there to me is the 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 most incredible one that you can see practically right away where if you catch yourself saying it saying why just just change it do a redo and go oh wait actually what happens for you there because you know the stories that we hear back is that that's one of the tools that you immediately see a different response from whoever, whether it's your employees, whether it's your children, whether it's your spouse. Uh, you know, if you're a, a leader in a church, with the people that you interact with, with your staff, you will see a different response. And that alone, it's like a. I think Echo has said it several times in this podcast. I mean, it's just like such an aha moment, Mm -hmm. you know, just changing something so simple. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the book is full of practical Mm -hmm. things of that nature. Uh, It it helps to have more of the backstory of the, you know, that's Mm -hmm. why I think that one alone, without even reading the book, you can change that Mm -hmm. um, this week and see a difference in your relationships. Totally. So let's do that. The next seven days, everyone listening, let's do that. Let's, let's, practically apply this understanding of the damage that the why does and the healing that the what brings and let's focus for the next seven days with our spouses in our management groups whoever we're leading our teams our friends our co-workers just practicing the what happens versus the why did you or did you not did, did not do something so that concludes today's episode. We went a little bit longer, but I want to thank you guys so much. There's just so much stuff that we could talk about. And we didn't even talk about sex because you're a sexologist. And uh, that's a whole other episode maybe. But um, there's so much more that we could talk about. And I want to encourage everyone out there to go on Amazon and buy this new book. Buy this new book, The Connection Codes. And uh, I know it will totally strengthen, change the game for your leadership, your marriage, and all of your interactions in life. But also visit their website at uh, connectioncodes.co and follow them on Instagram at connectioncodes, especially to be up to date on upcoming webinars, things that are going on. Um, Phyllis does, and, and, and Echo, I believe, you guys lead an amazing thing called Ladies Night. Is it still called Ladies Night? Yes, yep. yes. I would so say, important. yeah, so important. And it's a ladies only webinar where Echo and I and another good friend of ours um, teach and interact with the group. Um, there's a chat. And so you can ask questions. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up. 
Amazing. Amazing. Well, I love you guys. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today on this podcast. So great to meet you, Echo, and uh, excited for this new book. Can't wait to read it myself. I feel like I've been a part of it for some time now. So getting to read it is going to be an amazing experience for me. But thank you so much for tuning in to our Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Remember, everyone has a leader within. And let's make that leader a little more supernatural. See you next time. Talk to you soon. If this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way, we are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.